1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darty. hopefully with better internet today, joined by Mr. Denny Carter. We just joined you on Friday. Uh, it's only Monday, but slow news time of year. There's actually a lot of interesting storylines popping up over the weekend and Monday morning. Saquon Barkley issuing like the most polite, uh, I will hold out of the season threat ever. Yeah. Like He did it like very, very politely. He, like, did. He, he announced his intentions to play hardball like extremely politely, but he hinted at such a thing. You know, the Bears are talking about cutting Justin Fields loose. The Lions are engaging with one of our favorite offseason tropes that first-round pick Jameer Gibbs could be used all over the
2: formation. All over, folks.
1: All over it. He's lining up at left guard.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, if you if you play in a point-per-pancake league, then uh, you better watch out. Yeah. He, he or, was flattening
1: undrafted yeah. rookies at Lions OTAs. I've got to talk about Lamar Jackson being allowed to audible, which – feel like maybe they should have been letting him do that sooner uh Uh, the dynamic in the jaguars backfield with some early buzz the dynamic in the browns receiver core there was a little early confusion also some buzz then the second half of the show we're going to touch on denny's latest article teams that establish the run in the red zone we might be looking for some basically layup fantasy goodness in 2023 we'll start the show though with a t- topic we just can't escape, Denny. It's um, <laughs> so watching the National Broadcasting Corporation on Sunday morning, NBC, as the Zoomers calling it. Watching the French Open. I, by the way, I'm a- totally obsessed with tennis, and I you watch. Are. Like, yeah. I watch like the entire fortnight, as it's known, of at all the majors. We'll try to watch some of the lesser tournaments, but get really hooked to the majors. I was watching the French Open final between Novak Djokovic and Casper Rude, and couldn't help but notice Tom Brady in the crowd and. You know, uh, a lot, by the way, Uh, NBC, I I will be on. We showed him a lot. (laughs) We showed him a lot, a lot in the crowd. Because why wouldn't we? And this is kind of more of a Galaxy Brains topic, Denny, but I sort of feel like Tom Brady's already pivoting from spending more time with the family. And it seems like he's been ubiquitous everywhere but his family lately.
2: Right. Uh, Tom Brady has pivoted to not spending time with his family, (laughs) which you have to to respect. Uh, He learned his kids names and then not to interrupt
1: you but to interrupt you he's spending more time with Novak Djokovic's children than his own children (laughs) for some reason Um,
2: and and you know what that's as a retired old man that's that's fine uh Tom Brady cannot uh stop being on TV I think that's that's (laughs) the issue here he literally he can't stop he's he's on a uh, a boat with Mr. Beast throwing footballs at at, at uh flying at uh, UFOs or whatever. I mean, he I, every time I turn on my computer or my TV, there there is Tom Brady, and of course, this means that he's n- he's never going to play in the NFL again. We know that for sure.
1: So, Mr. Beast, I thought you were saying he was offering like here ten million dental surgeries to people. Uh, that's I don't really understand Mr. Beast's business model. It seems to be. A lot of stuff like that. And Tom Brady, it's interesting because you say he can't stay off TV, but yet he is literally staying off TV this year. And, like, he seems afraid to start his Fox contract. Like, his 10-year Fox – it's like he loves being on TV, but he wants, like, a script prepared or he wants it to be, like, a viral thing. He doesn't actually want, like, Kevin Burkhart. So, Tom, uh, do you know any players on either of these two teams? Yeah, he's
2: like, uh, <laughs> uh, if it's not Mike Evans and it's not Chris Godwin, then I
1: don't know, Joe. No, if it's not Kate Otten, Kate Otten's the last active NFL player Tom Brady remembers. Um, <laughs> exactly. from sending him 16 targets per game whenever he was healthy. Well,
2: I mean, but let's let's just talk about why he doesn't want to commit to that gig. He doesn't want to commit to it because he's coming back. Yeah. Man, are you he's serious? Going, going to just to stop. Just stop. Why, why is no one? No, the media won't stop. listen to me. I, they, he, it's not, it's not an if, it's a when. It's a when stop. He's, he's playing this year. He's yeah. going to play this year. I know he came out, he said, he's had some vague statement, oh, I'm never going to maybe play football for <laughs> something, <laughs> whatever, you know. But I mean, come on, let's let uh, Jimmy Garoppolo look, uh, look, Tom Brady has lived. uh uh, to prove the haters wrong and Jimmy Garoppolo is the reason he didn't go to San Francisco or the reason the Niners said no we're good Tom you can go to wherever Tampa wherever we don't care uh he has now lived for four years with 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 that with that uh
1: burning desire Well, the chip goes back further than that remember they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo to replace him in New
2: England the zoomers don't even know about that I I forgot about that so uh, so yeah I mean it, it is uh, the uh, the clock is ticking until we see Brady under center for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm just stop Pro Football Talks had a lot of good content on this by the way. He is obviously coming back. I mean there's no there's no there's no, there's no, no I mean I was keeping up a bit that he's not coming back but it's, clearly he's coming back. It's crazy
2: to me to say oh yeah this guy's definitely done. If you're done Tom and I know he lives, he loves this show. If you're he done loves- Tom then get in the booth, get in the
1: booth until you're in the booth. You're not done. He did a, se- he did an unaired segment for the show, by the way, where we were in a helicopter kind of doing like real close dives of a beach, throwing footballs at people. And two or three people ended up in the hospital. So there is some <laughs> ongoing ahead. litigation. We're not All right. allowed to really thankfully, talk about
2: mis- that. But... Mr. Beast gave them healthcare.
1: No, Mr. People. Beast gave them. And Mr. Beast, thankfully he's going to be out of the hospital soon. Um, yeah. Tom hit him real hard with one of those right. footballs. They didn't tell us that uh, we weren't supposed to fill them all the way up. <laughs> that they're basically like a, a slab of asphalt when you drop them from a helicopter. Right. So well, he, Mr. Beast, we're rooting for you. Uh, we know you're going to pull was, through.
2: Was throwing at drones, and uh, he threw at another country's drone, and it just <sighs> went all sideways. Yeah.
1: You know. yeah, and this bit, we're getting a little too elaborate for the road to roll football show right now. It's time to move on right. to football talk and Saquon Barkley, Denny, again, I mean, this was just a very, this was, you can't even call it thinly veiled, but because it wasn't, th- it was very, uh, what's the opposite of thinly, very thickly veiled. Thickly. But when asked whether or not he would consider sitting out the 2023 season, Saquon Barkley said, that's a card I could play Then he like went, he said, he's like being nice. He doesn't want to reset the running back market. He just wants a fair deal. What, how do we contextualize this? Like when we're thinking about drafting Saquon Barkley this summer,
2: you contextualize it in the following uh, way. Uh, He's going to play 17 games this year and uh, there's, there's no universe in which he doesn't play for the giants. I mean, but you know, this is the Austin Eckler approach of like, please, sir, may I have more? Uh, And this is, unfortunately, how running backs have to approach, uh, you know, negotiations, contract negotiations uh, in in an era where um, teams are, you know, absolutely. If you're not Jerry Jones, you are not shelling out the money for a top shelf running back anymore. And they know that like it's it's very, very clear, even to the elites like Saquon Barkley. So he can't come out. He's not a receiver. Uh, he's not a quarterback. So he can't say, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sitting out like he, he can't use that, that sort of language. He can't use stronger language. So he has to use this sort of softer language. And, and I don't blame him because, you know, he, the team, the team, I'm sorry, but the team is not going to fold if he says uh, I'm absolutely not playing one snap unless I get a, a, a huge deal.
1: Could be a slight – he might be in slightly better position than Austin Eckler where – Austin Eckler, I mean, as thin as the the Chargers like skill core is, like if Austin Eckler out, sat out, there would be other people to throw the football to. And for the record, Austin Eckler is already caved. Like he just got like a little extra money or whatever. I mean, Saquon, if he sits out, I mean, like he is basically like the sun, the moon, and the stars of this offense still. It's a little bit different situation. But, I mean, just to everything you were talking about, there's already a data point, like a running back – Played the ultimate hardball, Le'Veon Bell, and then didn't get any more money. And basically just lost a year of earning power. And then his career was never the same. And That's right. like, they already have like a data point of this like failing spectacularly. And yeah. I mean Saquon Barkley would probably stay in better shape than Le'Veon Bell did during his year plus holdout. But it just seems like it's the road to nowhere. And the, yeah, this is like basically as much hardball as a running back can play, is like very politely saying, Yeah, I, I would maybe do this, sir.
2: Yeah. And, then, and yeah, I would like some more money, please, yeah, while please. I'm in the prime of my career. And, and it is unfortunate, like like I think you've said, Pat, uh, several times, like uh, the fact that these elite top tier athletes are put into a position in the in the most popular game in the country. Right. Uh, where the position ha- has has been seen as obsolete, as completely replaceable. Um and and so they're put they 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 have this unfortunate situation that it, when they're twenty-two, 22, 23, 24 years old and they're looking to cash in, cause this is the only time it, it, yeah. you're playing that position, they're not quarterbacks. This is it. And and they can't they can't do it. And I do wanna say, and for folks who have been following me on, on Twitter and listening to me on podcasts or whatever for a long time, uh I I, I have I'm, so, I'm sorry for contributing to the, the, the discourse, you, you know, I, I'm not blaming myself entirely, but I'm, I'm sorry for this course that has, uh, destroyed running backs, labor power, their, their leverage in, in contract negotiations that I, I had no idea it would, it would come to this. And there were lots of people who said it will come to this. Like, the best running backs in the game will not be able to get contracts if you keep doing this. If we keep talking like this, and I didn't listen, so I, I do. I do apologize for adding to that discourse.
1: You mean it isn't saying like I like you've alluded to what I said on We funnel the very best athletes in this entire country into the running back position, where running back is probably the single most athletic position, maybe besides like shooting guard in American sports. And yeah, yeah. They, now they they're just treated. Like assembly line replacement pieces and it's very grim i mean
2: mean, the the data does say one thing about the running back position and that is that it is often replaceable not always but often uh and i i didn't i didn't know that uh nfl front offices would take that so seriously well i hope you're happy yeah no Um, i'm not
1: (laughs) no one's gonna be happy when it's matt Breida. And Saquon Barkley proves this wrong, and he does hold out. Right. And no one's going to be happy about that. Right. So, yeah, I, I do think I, – I think Saquon has a lot more leverage than Austin Eckler does. I will say that. He, he's younger. He's more important to the overall offense. Not that Austin Eckler is not important, but he is more important. I mean, Austin Eckler is – there is absolutely zero depth in that backfield. <laughs> he's yeah, pretty important. No, right. I, I I, Austin Eckler is very important. I would say Saquon Barkley is more important, though. Oh, I don't know, man. The thing is, he won't hold out because it doesn't even accomplish anything. All he would be doing is losing money because they can't sign a long-term deal after mid-July. So it is 17 games. I think you don't even have to worry about it. All I, I way did back too, yeah. The beginning. yeah. So uh, Saquon, best of luck. Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze has said he will not limit Justin Fields' rushing at all. He said he would encourage him to not be a robotic pocket passer. I don't think it was really every threat of that happening well uh, from Justin Fields uh what is your larger takeaway from this comments though the Bears ba- basically being like Justin Fields will be allowed to cook Denny
2: yeah uh, I think it's good I think it's it's nice confirmation to have this time of year that the Bears understand what they have in Justin Fields as at all times the fastest and most most athletically dynamic player on the field um and uh, basically, Getzey was just confirming that hey, we are not going back to the Matt Nagy model of uh, treating Justin Fields like I don't know Vinny Testaverdi oh, wow. um, and we, which which was which was what was happening. It was,
1: Matt and Nagy. it was categorically insane.
2: And so, so you have you know Fields uh, last year had uh, eleven hundred forty three yards, eight touchdowns in fifteen games. If he had played the whole season, he would have broken. Pretty easily the single season quarterback rushing mark. Um, that's definitely in a range of outcomes this year. And it's held uh, by Daniel
1: Jones, by the way. <laughs> uh.
2: It's not by you know, just for for people who are not steeped in irony, that's not. But uh, uh F- yeah, Fields uh it's it is nice to know that because that's why we're drafting him in in fantasy, is because uh he gives us a hundred yards and a touchdown rushing a lot of
1: times. And so this is brings me to a, an annual coach speak point I make where people could react to these comments. like, well, yeah, no duh. Like, well, of course they're going to cut him loose. Like you dummy. Like, why are we like making any deal at all about these comments where it's, they could not be saying it. And uh, by, by them saying it, not only is it a confirmation, but it's like also a confirmation that they, you know, they're excited about him playing this way. They actually do want him to play this way. And so like, they're like willingly going along with him playing this way where, they're not just, like, letting him doing it, but they're, like, actively encouraging it and building around it. And so there's always, like, many layers to coach speak, like where you just might think, like, why is this news? Like, why is the coach even saying this? Yeah. And, like, it's just they're not – they're going to let him play quarterback the way he should be playing, basically. And you may have already known, quote, they were going to do that, but <laughs> it is t- – the fact that they are enthusiastically doing it mm-hmm. and not just kind of, like, quietly, like res- – like, uh, with reservations doing it is a very, very good sign for his 2023 status.
2: Yeah, my fa- my favorite response to, uh, you know, news like this, and, you know, call it news, whatever, but uh, to news like this is, I guessed that three weeks ago, so it's not actually <laughs> <a development laughs> yeah, <ago>. Exactly, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: the offensive coordinator just said it, so I think you should actually pay attention to that rather than, I don't know, your guess while logging on to Justin Fields' PFR page.
1: Yeah, the extremely long monologue I had in my brain while I was falling asleep three Tuesday nights ago. I already knew this was happening, so I'm not really quite sure why this is news. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why this is news. I, so.
2: lo- I love that commenter. Doesn't that commenter doesn't make me mad at all?
1: That's no, nothing makes Denny mad. No, um, nothing makes him mad. Nothing brings him more joy than Jameer Gibbs being used all over the formation, except for Denny doesn't believe it. One second, like I referenced in the intro, very, very common offseason trope, extremely common June cliche, like mm-hmm. where the coach, he gets like the microphone like, listen, I know it says running back on his PFR page. That's pro football reference for you out there. Uh, but I mean, c- could, could he be outside receiver? Could he be a slot receiver? Could he be a guard? Could mm-hmm. he be the quarterback? Like what you said, that? I'm just kind of stealing a riff you had either on the show or before the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but very, very common offseason trope. Almost never, ever comes to fruition. It doesn't matter either. That's one thing that's like really overlooked. Like it doesn't really help anything like of them being used places other than running back. Yeah. Uh, What is your view on these comments and why do you think uh, it's really like, this is like hot air coach speak.
2: Right. I I know that that's what, what we, what we have this time of year in OTAs is this running back is lining up all over the formation. He's going to be split outside. I mean, that's probably bad, honestly. Yeah, like, I, I probably don't want to hear that a running back is being split outside because then the other team's, you know, third-string cornerback can shut him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's a running back. He's not – he doesn't have the ability to be a perimeter receiver.
1: And I'm, it also just speaks to, like, uh-oh, he's not looking too good as a running back. Like, he's getting taken down by arm tackles. Yeah, and right. Better put so, him so
2: I, I do I do want to mention this. I, I tweeted about this uh, Uh, angrily uh, a few weeks ago. Um, No one, uh, running backs do not run slot slot routes, okay? No matter what anyone says, oh, he's going to be used in the slot. No, he's not. No, nobody's used in the slot. No running back has ever been used in the slot. Christian McCaffrey, the game's premier pass-catching running back, averaged three slot routes a game last year, okay? And that actually dropped when he got to San Francisco. Uh, Austin Eckler averaged two and a half slot routes per game. So, uh, once again, I can't emphasize this enough. Jameer Gibbs is not going to run slot routes and that's okay. That's okay. He's going to run a lot of other routes. He's going to run wheel routes. He's going to run a bunch of split, you know, right outside the lines and Jared Goff's going to hit him and he's going to go. Okay. And he's fast and he's elusive. And that all still makes sense to me. But uh, uh, please, please, can we stop with the, with the running back on the slot?
1: Why are coaches so obsessed with this idea, by the way, of a running back playing out of the slot? I, I don't really – I've never understood, like, what the just total obsession with this so is.
2: I, I actually think that this is related to the, the running back value discourse uh, in, in, in football circles where Arthur Smith can say, no, 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 no. We didn't take a running back in the top ten. We took a, a pass catcher. In the top 10, you know, you you all you all like like the media likes when we take receivers in the top 10. That's okay, And so I'm going to pretend this guy is actually a receiver. He's he's
1: not. Bijan Robinson.
2: Not again. Once again, not going to play from the slot at all this year. And what about and,
1: and that's okay for his fantasy value. What about tight end slot reps? Do you, is Dalton Kincaid going to play in the slot, Danny? Another one of your favorites. I, know.
2: That, I mean, that does, that does, ma- that matters more for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think we, we get a little caught up on that, but uh, cause they're, you know, inline routes and whatnot, but, but yeah, uh, it, that, that matters more. But th- the thing is like this time of year, um, so they're, they're just at OTAs, they're not going to run these guys like up the gut. Forty-five times.
1: 45 no, that's that, that actually is a good point. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> they're, they're they're trying stuff. So yeah, Jameer Gibbs, he's gonna be on the football field. That's all we care about in fantasy, and that's right. he'll run two slot routes per game, and he'll catch two balls out of the slot all year, and that's just totally fine. Actually, no, he'll catch more than two out of the slot, but you get the idea. Right. he'll catch five. Um, Denny, yeah. uh, first, uh, I, I was about to say this could be like another quarterback, no dub, but not really. You would have assumed. Lamar Jackson was already allowed to audible seeing as he is a former MVP of the national football league, but apparently audibles have never been allowed to be part of Lamar Jackson's game. And the Ravens are finally sensibly cutting him loose or Lamar Jackson. he said, coach Munkin is basically just giving us the keys to the offense. Yeah. Mars allowed to change the plays of the line of scrimmage. He's allowed to go wild. Hopefully not like to like Peyton Manning wild where uh he changes his play 19 times what do you think this means for Lamar Jackson what do you think this means for the Ravens 2023 offense
2: uh it's it's good you know from a from a real football standpoint I I have always been of the mind that if your quarterback can't get to the line and look at the defense and change plays in other words if the quarterback either doesn't have the ability or the freedom to do that then you are not you're screwed you're not a contender you're not like you're simply like any team that operates that way is not going to contend for the playoffs and definitely not the Super Bowl. Uh, I this reminds me of uh Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year under Urban Meyer, not allowed to uh sh- not allowed to change plays at the line, and that is really really something considering Trevor Lawrence was really good at that in college. Uh, so uh, you know, Urban Meyer, a lot of questions about his uh coaching acumen after that year, but. Yeah, so so you 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 know that going in now. Lamar makes it a little different because he can make Superman plays uh, with his ability to avoid tackles in in the, in the pocket outside the pocket. Um, you know, make broken pray, plays look good, basically. So he he can kind of mask that a little bit, but th- I think this, this is it's significant that he can get to the line and have a couple plays in his pocket to say no, we're doing this instead of that.
1: I mean, supposedly he was allowed to audible a little in the past. They were like – John Harbaugh got like a little cagey when like forced to elaborate on this. But it's never a good thing too when you have to like really be like, well, I mean, what? Well, sometimes. Like, yeah, it's not good if you're like parsing when your quarterback was allowed to audible. Like, so you won't – you just won't achieve like ultimate offensive no. success if your quarterback isn't allowed to like cut it loose at the line of scrimmage and go like full Peyton crap Man, the funniest thing in NFL history was when Peyton Manning – would do nine audibles and then throw an interception to a linebacker. (laughs) Uh, That was always the absolute best. I
2: felt bad for for his receivers because they're standing at the line. They're like, okay, we're on play seven now. And the clock's at one. And then they run the wrong route and he throws a pick and he's like, come on.
1: I know he goes nuts. Or the, yeah. yeah. Seven plays. Or the audible is for like a slant where the receiver is just like clearly going to get destroyed and like laid out. And like Brandon Stokely, like uh, I'm sorry, but we really need this first down. He's like, we're, at, we're at the 43 yard line. I don't think it's that important. It's also only yeah. second down. Yeah, I don't really think I need to die for this. Like, oh, we're,
2: we're up 17 we're nothing in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, It's like a, no, it's just, a Peyton. I'm not really sure this audible is necessary. Quiet. Um, I, I have I have kids, yeah, Peyton. Yeah. yeah quiet yeah. you. Um, yeah. So no, it is oh, good. It is good.
2: So we talked about this actually last week when you were uh, fighting your internet. It uh,
1: and That's more pending litigation, by the way, so don't bring that up again.
2: We, yeah, I'm sorry. We can uh, edit that part when we're done here. And um, I, I will say that the potential for this Ravens offense to be a little faster and a little more pass heavy uh, has me all over uh, Bateman and Andrews. I, I know that that's not something we can go into depth with right now, but uh, I, I really do like those guys at their ADBs.
1: Yeah, like too, we, we can't like overstate the audible thing. It's not like going to be like a brand new Ravens offense or brand new Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But just too like with a greater freedom comes greater confidence. I mean, and Lamar, he just he 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 can do things obviously that no one else can do. And there's going to be moments where he's probably going to allow him to like change a game, and where yeah, he just sees well. a certain, like it's going to be it, it's going to be very interesting. And yeah, it just seems crazy that it wasn't a part of the Ravens offense before.
2: Yeah, I mean you know, Greg Roman's offense uh, was so predictable at points during the past two seasons especially the defenses were calling out plays and they would tell the the media after the game yeah, like yeah, yeah. we knew every single play before they ran it and it that's bad. that's
1: uh, not ideal in the end. Not ideal. Lamar acknowledged that and he at one point said it would be good if the opposing teams didn't know every single one of our plays. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he said that. So that would be that's a big Big thing. I wanted to about Tank Bigsby and Travis Etienne in Jacksonville where definitely like a little, it's starting to say panic with Etienne, but there, people are asking questions about Etienne and his, his true upside this year, his summer ADP, where he's like on the RB1-2 borderline, I believe. And Demetrius Harvey of the Florida Times-Union has reported Bigsby will, quote, have plenty of opportunity to quickly become the team's primary backup to Travis Etienne, and it just seemed he's a day-two pick Drafted in third round, tank, tank Bigsby, like seems like like could very easily to slot in this committee and steal, you know, some of like the the less glamorous touches from Travis Etienne, but the kind of touches he needs to like be a true RB one. And just what do you think about the emerging Tank Bigsby, Travis Etienne dynamic yeah. in the Jags backfield?
2: Uh, look, the dude's name is Tank. So uh, he's scoring bad. ten touchdowns this year. Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do want to report that. That is
1: really bad. When you're Travis Etienne, like, they literally draft a guy named Tank. Yeah. Like, well, hope you weren't planning on scoring any touchdowns. Yeah.
2: Um, we this year. yeah. The, the plan is for Travis Etienne never to celebrate a touchdown this year. No, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it it is it, it's concerning. It's not not concerning. Uh, after James Robinson. Was was cut or traded or whatever happened last year with James Robinson? I can't remember. It's too long.
1: He was uh, traded, long. Um, traded, traded to the New York Football Jets, where he was then, I believe, cut at one point.
2: He, uh, he was never ever used?
1: No, um, a guy named Zonovan, a guy who's named both Zonovan and Bam, easily passed James Robinson <laughs> Yeah, I must continue.
2: I do you recall that? Yeah, after that point, so week eight forward last season, Travis Etienne accounted for fifty nine percent of Jacksonville's rushing attempts. Uh, hasty had 16%. Trevor Lawrence had 16% as, as well. Uh, so, you know, he's not exactly like among the dominant, uh, rushing share guys in the league anyway. Um, and I, I think that could be okay from a fantasy standpoint, especially a PPR where he, he is, he's a good, he's a really good, efficient pass catcher. So we, we still have that going for us. Um, but, uh, man, those green zone touches inside the 10, they're so valuable for fantasy. And if he loses out on some of those, uh, it could be an issue.
1: Maybe the Bigsby thing could actually be good news where maybe it frees him up for like a Kamara-type role. And like, it's, like the worst case would be like a Chase Edmonds-type role. We already know that's not going to happen for Travis Etienne for a variety of reasons. I mean, real-life draft capital, the role in production he had last year, they're not going to ever like scale it back to like chase Edmonds levels, but maybe it could be where it, it becomes a good thing where he's like basically like picking his spots and it's like 15-ish touches per game. And Some of those will be in the green zone at the goal line where maybe they give it to Tank to grind out, you know, like second, mm. on one, second and one from the 17-yard line. But like when they're at the goal line, they're going to give it to their best back, Travis Etienne. And we, we know he's not going to lose the pass-catching work uh so i I wouldn't say it's a uniformly even if like we knew today like the jaguars told us yes we are like they explicitly said they were going to use a committee i don't think we can just like assume it's all bad and that is probably really not anything ultimately to worry about too much
2: yeah maybe i'm just
1: rationalizing
2: yeah right uh uh, bigsby does obviously become a zero rb staple i think this summer um unless unless his uh Value unless his ADP rises to a ludicrous level, then I'm out. But yeah, I, I think that he makes sense. If if ETN misses any time, it would seem to be the tank show. And uh, yeah, he's going to score touchdowns because the announcers are going to love to scream. The
1: tank rolls into the end zone. Yeah, well, yeah something the accidentally say something problematic about war, <laughs> and uh, the tank is just flattened. You know, ten. Like I can't even say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just. A lot, of, a lot of things we could say. None of them. Yeah, no, none of them bad about American imperial adventurism in certain places in the world. Uh, if Tank is the worst name ever, so you're a running back, it's like one thing they draft a running back, and like, like uh oh, not only are they drafting a running back, it's a running back named Tank. What would be the worst name for a receiver? Like Rocket? <laughs> Like, oh what uh, this like, guy's name is Rocket? That seems well, there, bad there, for was me. A, there was a was a remember Rocket, Rocket Ishmael. Mishman? I know. Yeah. Uh, or like like hands Oh, hands yeah. that seems hands bad. Uh yeah, seems
2: yeah. real bad. Or, yeah, right, right. Uh yeah. <laughs> oh, I got one. Uh targets.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, call targets. Uh, I think Rocket would be the worst, but
2: um Yeah, I would not I would not want to be on a team with a guy drafted onto my team name name rocket because uh no one's calling me rocket
1: so. i don't think there could be anything yeah i don't think there would be anything right. worse as a running back than hearing your new backup is named tank
2: oh, oh right. yeah because i bad. mean you know you know do you know how much the offensive linemen for the jaguars instantly loved that pick
1: i know I know, it's true
2: it's <laughs> yeah. a block for a dude named tank this is amazing yeah
1: it's gonna be but whatever i'm not worried and your name is travis Yeah, yeah, real bad sign. Uh, Travis and Trevor, huh? The Athletics' Zach Jackson has reported Elijah Moore is, quote, an easy pick is the early breakout candidate based on the Browns' spring work. The Browns are clearly trying to make this happen after they surrendered real draft capital for Elijah Moore. Fancy community loved him. The Jets' coaching staff did not like him. His efficiency completely cratered during his time in New York. Always very concerning when a receiver doesn't command targets earlier in the career, but he was like very aggressively targeted by the Browns. And now he's drawing hype, you know, the practice where they play in t-shirts, t-shirts and shorts. Uh, Is the Elijah Moore hype train back on the tracks, Denny?
2: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just be upfront about this. Uh, He, he made a a really cool catch the other day and it was, uh, (laughs) it it was tweeted out by the Browns official Twitter account. So uh, that's, that's why we're talking about this, but yeah, I think I think there's still hope. I think there's hope for a resurgence for Elijah Moore. I mean, he he his um his college production and college profile was very good. It made us very into him headed into his rookie season.
1: It literally made AJ Brown cry, which I've mentioned on the show before. How good he yeah. was in college,
2: right? Uh, you know, like like all uh, Ole Miss receivers, he has that dog. You know, uh, so he has that going for him, and and uh, and, and really, you know, he's in a He's in a, a Browns offense that doesn't have a ton of target competition. I mean, I know Amari Cooper. Now this changes if DeAndre Hopkins signs with Cleveland and this kind of goes out the window. But right now he's he's competing for targets with Amari Cooper and David Njoku. And that's it. I know people say Donovan Peoples Jones. I tend to
1: say is Donovan Peoples Jones just like already maxed out and like he's yeah, gonna be like definitely. a he's like a shot play specialist and right. he was very good. I mean, his his career has kind of progressed in an interesting cool. fashion. Uh, do you remember how many yards DPJ had last year? I just looked it
2: up. Do you have it? Uh, I do. Well, it's obviously something way higher than I would have thought. So I'm gonna
1: guess 750. 839 yards oh for DPJ last God. year. Wow. I know. Wow. Uh, pretty insane, actually. All right. Wow. Um, I don't know what his like yards per out run was. Like, if he was efficient. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I don't quite remember it being that many yards. Yeah, uh, he
2: was. He was good on a Browns team that threw eleven passes all year, which is true.
1: So, yeah, we gotta, you gotta hand it to him. Um,
2: yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Elijah Moore, uh, not not forcing you, your hand ADP wise right now. I mean, that could change, but uh, I, I I see him in the in the best ball drafts, and I say, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, why not? Um, uh, hopefully. Hopefully, this Cleveland offense is more pass-heavy, more sort of progressive in its uh, approach to scoring points, and uh, and then guys like Elijah Moore could benefit from that sort that sort of change.
1: For DPJ, I was looking up his yards per route run while you were talking, and even after setting the minimum targets to twenty percent, I still had to add more rows um, for yeah. DPJ to show up. So. Yeah. He was 51st. He was in quite literally the, the last player, not on the first page. But uh, he was between Olimde Zacchaeus. I used to say Olimidi, but I think it is Olimde, actually. Really? I believe so. And then he was, he was one ahead of Marquise Brown. That seems bad. Um, yeah, Marquise well, Marquise Brown. Mar- 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 if you look at his, his uh, game logs from
2: last year, it was like, 18 targets uh, for yeah. 85 yards.
1: <laughs> what the DPJ actually? So, while 51st is not a great yards per outrun, he averaged more yards per outrun than Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, uh, Gabriel Davis, Jahan Dotson, yeah. George Pickens, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, but there are a lot of uh, Kendrick Bourne average. Isaiah Hodgins averaged more yards per outrun. So, listen, DPJ, uh, probably a career year for DPJ last year. So can't
2: I help know, it. Right. I can't help it. Hear the name Michael Pittman uh, in that uh, in that little rundown, and I am begging folks to reconsider uh, drafting Michael Pittman at ADP.
1: Well, Denny's begging folks to read our draft guide, which will be going live probably late June on newsstands in July, maybe late June, where you just you just buried the man. You buried the man. You I, quite I, literally, buried him in your rankings, yeah. and you buried the man, Denny.
2: I um, I apologize, but uh, the numbers are the numbers.
1: Uh, they are. So check out our, our draft guide, which is going live and check out the rest of the show, which will be right back after this. Download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. And just a reminder, Sunday mornings mean MLB lead on Peacock. You can live stream games all season long and this week, we are featuring the upstart Baltimore Orioles, Denny's favorite team, traveling to historic Wrigley Field, which is also a dump, to take on the Cubs, catch the showdown at 11 a.m. Eastern. Again, it's exclusively on Peacock. Yeah, the the ad people are – <laughs> Wrigley's actually a cathedral. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, I did not I expect hate, that. I hate to admit it. It's a cathedral. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm it gonna also, maybe a dump. You know. The game is at 1230 Eastern this week on Peacock, by the way, live oh, from 30. Wrigley Field, which uh, by the way, I, if you've never been to Wrigley, you need to check it out. It's yeah, it's, uh, I hate but, to say it. But, but
2: well, this is that's early for for uh, any sporting. Event.
1: It is. Well, it's hard to get exclusive windows in baseball, Denny, and that's why with Peacock, we have the exclusive window Sunday morning. It's a pretty interesting time slot. The Cardinals recently played the Pittsburgh Pirates in it, and we got swept, but uh that was bad
2: by the but pirates who are really who are really good
1: uh they're better than the cardinals so far this year and the cardinals have been better than like 25 straight years but we did get swept on peacock we got swept on nbc uh, that's like uh definitely embarrassing yep so yeah it's it's very early but it's very very interesting it leads to some interesting fantasy decisions it creates some like almost like f- football type fantasy decisions so check out the orioles at the cubs 12 30 p.m eastern this sunday on peacock
0: Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: Then, for eat the, for the second half of the show. That means article time. You know, <laughs> I don't know how many articles you've written. Uh, it's like the first one we talked about in a while. We've just ignored like 10 of them. Right, right,
2: right. Yes. Pat, but just to bring you behind the curtain a little bit, Pat will text me, you write anything? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is but, always yes. But, you know, you know, I have a, I have a problem and I can't stop. You
1: writing. do. There are two types of writers, not to take people too far. There's two types of writers. There's the kind of writers who are just always writing. Denny is that. And there's the kind of writers with like very tortured, elaborate processes that is myself. That is Patrick Corain, our former friend, yep. where we just can't yeah, an ex-friend. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. No, no, no. Make that part clear. Ex-friend. That's much harder for us. They need to sit down and write. Pat and I, we have to do the classic read the entire internet, and then we can start writing.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> also, I, I, I've, I've told you this before, and I will tell you again. <laughs> I don't think you need to be alone in a cabin in the woods with a typewriter before you actually start start writing. And, and I know that that's what you do with your GM ranks. You you put it on a typewriter before you put it on a computer.
1: <laughs> it is funny. Once I actually get started writing, I can write anywhere. I was writing a lot from Hartsfield Jackson Airport last yeah. week on my connection home from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I was writing. I just like found uh, an empty seat and was grinding away in the airport. So once I actually get in the thick of an article, I could write like almost literally anywhere. The problem is getting started, Denny. <laughs> can't
2: get started. It's, uh, it is hard. With the, with an internet connection, it's difficult. Yeah,
1: Can't get started. Danny, what is the article about and what teams yeah. are we going to be talking about?
2: Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a companion piece to the uh, teams establishing the pass in the red zone, uh, which I wrote about Back in I think early May, and uh, so I, I looked at the um, you know the fifteen run heaviest teams in the red zone last year. Obviously, uh, you have you know teams that anybody would guess would be on that list: the Bears, the Falcons, the Titans, teams of that nature. Uh, but I do I do think that there were there were some surprises there. Um, we have the Giants for one. Uh, and and I'm actually uh, tr- desperately searching for the text right now. I thought I had it. Uh, I, I haven't two. opened
1: any. Um, Talk about the New York Giants. Talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. the Falcons, the Cowboys. We're gonna to touch on all of them.
2: Yeah. Um, so the, the Giants, I wanted to get to because of because of Daniel Jones and obviously the aforementioned Saquon Barkley. Uh, the <clears throat> so the the Giants were actually had the sixth highest or no, I'm sorry fifth highest red zone rush rate last year um which is not a shock considering that uh, the team did not seem to trust Daniel Jones entirely as a uh, as a passer. Uh so I, I think that if this continues and I guess there's no guarantee that they use Daniel Jones the exact same way, but if 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 his second half of the season usage continues into 2023, I think it makes Daniel Jones a a, a really sneaky draft pick, like maybe the most undervalued quarterback in all of fantasy right now. Um Tyler Huntley and Jalen Hurts were the only quarterbacks to have more rushes than than Daniel Jones from week twelve to seventeen, uh, and of course in the playoff win against Minnesota, Daniel Jones had seventeen rushes for seventy eight yards, uh, including four in the in the green zone in, inside the ten yard line. Uh, so he he just is really his late you know his mobility is used in that very high value high leverage uh, s- section of the field. And I don't. I think that's kind of overlooked in how we value him.
1: It is. It could also mean too, though. We might get like a 15 touchdown Saquon Barkley season. Who the two times he's been fully healthy, 11 touchdowns as rookie year in 2018, and the last year 10 touchdowns. And maybe now that Daniel Jones is paid, and Saquon Barkley is the one playing on a one year contract, maybe they get a little less risky with Daniel Jones in the red zone, and they kind of dial it up for Saquon Barkley. But they're probably they're probably. Focus more on keeping Saquon healthy than Daniel Jones, and right. it is—it's just one of the things for Daniel Jones to be at all above average. He has to be running and using his yes. rushing threat. Otherwise, he's just simply a below-average quarterback as a passer, and you could argue well below average. So, I don't expect Brian Dable to like change up Daniel Jones's rushing usage. And like you said, he could actually enhance it. And yeah, I would be very triggered. I, I will admit it.
2: We're 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 very much into uh, Justin Fields is like you know we talked about a minute ago Justin Fields' rushing ability and his potential in the Chicago offense. So Fields had 15 rushing attempts last year inside the 10 yard line. Jones
1: had Jones had 14.
2: You know, wow. so I actually
1: would not have ever guessed that. That's insane. Yeah.
2: He had he had 25. Jones had 25 rushes inside the 10 on the season,
1: and and uh, that's a lot uh, of hits to expose your quarterback to. But
2: it but. is it is, and so uh, you know. I guess we're probably going to hear at some point, just like we're hearing with Josh Allen now, that oh, this guy needs to needs to throw the ball more, can't take these kind of hits. But I do think that a big part of this is the way that Daniel Jones plays the position. Like, uh, you know, a lot of these are not designed runs, okay? These are, these are him ad-libbing, these are him taking off rather than trying to make a, a tight window throw, which he just does not seem to want to make very much. <laughs> No. um and and so it does you know this this sort of usage has me targeting jones and a lot of drafts
1: you know i wonder if they will for real dial back on jalen Hurts's red zone rushing by the way because two reasons he's been paid now they even can afford even less for him to get injured and he did bang the shoulder last year and the easiest way i feel like ever to re-injure your shoulder as a quarterback would be to be handling like rugged red zone carries and now they're three or four deep at running back. I could see the Eagles like very pointedly, like noticeably, maybe dialing back on Jalen Hurts' red zone rushing attempts. But, uh, pure speculation, obviously, and much easier to say in the summer than it is in the season when it's right. such a weapon for your offense. But I mean, he's officially the franchise now, and he officially has a shoulder injury on his resume. And you just wonder if the Eagles might get a little cold feet. With Jalen Hurts in the red zone,
2: maybe you know I, I do think that's definitely in the in the range of outcomes, as the kids say. I, I will say that the, the tush push that that, that play where that helps a lot. The the they have you know the running back or some big tight end push Jalen Hurts uh, into the end zone. That is, I mean, that's basically unstoppable. I and it's, it I, should be illegal too. This is I, America. I actually no, it should not be illegal. We this is the, America. The, I will turn into a libertarian if that is, is uh, outlawed in the NFL. <laughs> Uh and, and no, I mean uh, when I when I say basically unstoppable what I actually mean is unstoppable, okay? Um you can't you, it's a touchdown, it's an automatic touchdown and I think they will continue using that play which is which is big for him, not so great for the Eagles running backs by the way. Um Well,
1: you, cuz this segues, you actually wanted to talk about the Eagles in the red zone. Do you have any thoughts you didn't hit on just there on the yeah. Eagles in the red zone usage with the rush? I do. So Miles Sanders uh had 45
2: carries inside the Ah, uh, twenty-yard line last year. Yeah. That was the third most in the NFL. That
1: uh, seems it the, inconceivable to me for how little they trusted him. That's crazy. I
2: know, I know. It, but he really was used as a red-zone threat. Obviously, he, uh, Sanders is now in Carolina. Uh, some combination of DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell, and Rashad Penny will uh, take on take on that role uh, this season. But I think the important thing to remember here is that the Eagles' offense last year was very condensed. Okay. You had inside the twenty, the rushing attempts went to either Hurts or Sanders, and nobody else. Okay, so it's it's not like they were divvying up touches for running backs in that high value zone inside the twenty, inside the ten. So if we know, if we get a sense of who that will be, whether it's Penny, whether it's Gamewell, probably not Swift, but if it is Swift, we I think we have to pay attention to that and 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 value these guys accordingly because that's a lot of potential touchdowns in a, in an offense. And I touched on this in the piece, if you want to check it out in an offense that I believe did not hit its ceiling last year. And I think that we could still see a ceiling season for Philadelphia this year.
1: I think we might be underestimate underestimating the probability of a black Swan event, by the way, in the Eagles backfield where it's Kenneth Gainwell is like the, the, the goal line, the red zone back solely just, he's knows the system quote, He's not injury prone. They certainly have like the most trust in him, and it, it's not the most likely outcome maybe, but I could see it being like an outcome where like the Eagles coaching staff never really gets comfortable with Swift or Penny and put Kenneth Gainwell in there for like an uncomfortable amount of snaps at the goal yeah. line or in the red zone, even though you know, that's not like uh, his reputation as a running back. Uh, they really liked putting Kenneth Gainwell in the game in important situations last year. Especially down the stretch, they were just like yanking Miles Sanders off the field and putting Kenneth Gainwell in there.
2: You know, yeah. uh, Greg Rosenthal is very into Kenny Gainwell, and uh, that makes me also into Kenny Gainwell.
1: So that's interesting. Greg has some of the best opinions out there, so I'm actually disturbed to hear that he's into Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, I mean,
2: because he, I mean, he's like, hey, by the way, uh, Ken- Kenneth Gainwell was really good last year, and he was. He really was. So I tend to lean toward Gainwell. There, there was that crazy report about Rashad Penny maybe starting the year on uh, on Pup or something. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it is it is Rashad Penny. And yeah. it was a major, major injury. It was a major And it could be like a way almost like redshirt him or he might be healthy, like give him more time to like learn the system, that, so stuff. to speak. Yeah, I could see. I mean, it is funny. Like we're excited about Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. In this Both could just be like massive busts. Oh, yeah. Like guys who don't stay healthy. Guys that had trouble earning their coaching staff's trust. I mean, Rashad Penny had to basically become Adrian Peterson for the, the Seahawks to start taking him seriously and giving him big workloads. And then he just got hurt yeah. again. were um, they uh, the, 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 the Eagles' leading rusher? It could be a situation where like they're not even on the roster right now. That's probably an extreme. Absolutely. That's an extreme outcome, but that is like a possible well,
2: outcome. You know, many many are saying it could be uh, Trey Sermon,
1: folks. Oh, no, no one's saying that. Oh, there are people saying it. There, I actually people. did see Trey Sermon discourse on Twitter over the weekend. I believe, oh I believe
2: our our beloved uh, former co-worker, Hayden Winks is a Trey Sermon truther from way back. So we are uh, we're looking strongly into whether Sermon will be the guy. Oh my gosh! Wow, Hayden,
1: these Zoomers can't keep control of these Zoomers at all. Just can't yeah. keep control of them. Danny, what is the next backfield you yeah. want to talk about?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I obviously had to talk about the Falcons and the fact that Arthur Smith will never throw a touchdown. In his,
1: no, uh, he will offense. simply, he will never simply quote, throw a touchdown.
2: Never. So the, the Falcons were trailing for a lot of last year and they still had the third most rushing attempts inside the red zone. Um, just eight fewer than the Eagles who were beating the pants off their opponents throughout the season. It's kind of crazy actually. Uh, you know, this is good news. This is good news for, for someone. I don't know who, but, you know, probably B. John Robinson, possibly Tyler Algier, maybe both of them. I'll tell you what it's who is not good news for. It's not good news for Kyle Pitts, a generational talent who, again, will not score any touchdowns this year yep. because, again, and this is something we have to emphasize over the next couple months, Arthur Smith's quarterback will never, quote, throw no. a touchdown.
1: I actually want the Falcons quarterback to have zero touchdowns this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God please
2: please actually i want them to be 6 and 0 and i want desmond Ritter to average 82 yards and no touchdowns and three interceptions a
1: game. Kyle Pitts dead enders would never recover. They would quote not so they would quote never recover. Never. Um this would uh and yeah, that would be very sad actually. Yeah, i wouldn't like that. Honestly. The Falcons are actually saying they're going to throw more. I mean, i don't believe it. You don't have to believe that, but yeah. Arthur Smith has paid fairly serious lip service to claiming He's going to throw the ball more in 2023.
2: So, by the way, uh, the 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 green zone and red zone uh, rushing workload for either Bijan Robinson and or Tyler Algier could be enormous because Marcus Mariota accounted for 17 red zone rushing attempts oh. in his 13 games. Desmond Ritter is not going to have that. He had five red zone rushes in four games as a, as a rookie last year. Uh, so we you, it could you, be ramped
1: up. Maybe that was just a trust thing. But is I mean Desmond Riders not a not a mobile guy. No, well, he's big though, isn't he? Isn't he like really big? Isn't is he like six four? I mean, might, might be misremembering that. But no, he's very robotic, his movements. Uh, not gonna really uh confuse anyone who's like a high end athlete. I mean not that he's a bad athlete. He he's big, he's 6'3", 207. he's the exact right size.
2: But uh oh, I, I I I do think that Mariota as, not as the quarterback of the Falcons is probably probably good news uh, uh, for B. Robinson and or Tyler LG. I, I, I regret would.
1: to inform Denny. Desmond had 22 rushing touchdowns in college, actually. Wow. It could that's be a thing, than, actually. It's more than a little. Could be a thing. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a About lot that? of rushing. The tutters. <laughs> the tutters, I'm just saying, I, I know that upsets me. The tutters is what they're actually called in the NCAA rule book. He had 28 Tutters. That's You're going to
2: upset the YouTube comment. I know. I know.
1: Everybody I know. gets so mad about that. But That's what, that's what it's called. And then guide by, I know the NCAA is a dying institution, they're called Tutters. So sorry if that triggers you. It does, um, actually. It actually does. Uh, I'm sorry about that. By the way, do you think Cordero Patterson is even going like, to be on the Falcons in week one? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird that he's still on the roster, to be honest. I mean, well, they lost their
2: uh, primary kick returner. Uh, That's right. For, for the season. So, uh, I'm thinking that uh Cpat will take over that role and then, you know, see some some usage as a ball carrier.
1: See, back-to-back years, they really had like regret about giving him so many touches down the stretch and have dialed him back like severely two years in a row. I mean, he, yeah. he had regret about that. Yeah, he did. And he's I mean, he's old. He's like 32, 33. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the CPAT as a fantasy entity is, of course, over. You wanted about one final backfield that establishes the run in the red zone, and yeah. it will surprise absolutely no one. Uh, well, there there are
2: two. Oh, the Cowboys, Cowboys, I see. Yeah. Yes, it, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Yes, it will it will uh, surprise zero people. Um, you know, and Mike, Mike McCarthy, the head coach and new play caller for Dallas, is on record as saying that uh, – he is committed to not scoring too many points and not having too many big plays this year. It's great. It's bad. great. I just, I love, I love, I can't get enough of it. Please keep them, those kind of quotes coming this summer. <laughs> Please do.
1: We need content really it's, badly. Yeah.
2: The content machine needs McCarthy to keep saying these ridiculous things. Uh, I feel sorry for Cowboys fans, honestly. But, um, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's team leading 35 red zone carries are gone for now, you know, un- un- until Jerry Jones. Uh, watches a uh, Zeke highlight reel on YouTube from 2017 and uh, makes the call. Um, <laughs> but uh, but, they're, but the only,
1: they're the only team that has expressed any interest in Zeke whatsoever. The team that cut him is the only team publicly on the record about signing him, by the way. Yeah. Like it, every week, Jerry's getting like more and more remorse about that.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think that is still a possibility. I think, you know, somebody else taking that role, Leonard Fournette, uh, oh man
1: that would be so bad that is so gonna happen I don't yeah. know I haven't thought of that yet
2: yeah I mean like some like very washed type running back signing with Dallas and
1: just Dalvin like, Cook could sign with Dallas that's been kind of out there a little bit I, not like a real rumor but people are trying to speak it into existence
2: I wouldn't be shocked so anyway what I'm saying is Tony Pollard does not automatically get these 35 red zone carries that Zeke had last year like it, it's it's just not going to happen now he was he was good last year in in the red zone uh, Pollard had twenty two carries for ninety nine yards and six touchdowns uh, in the red zone so uh, unfortunately that sort of production and that sort of explosiveness uh, probably doesn't matter uh, to mike McCarthy and we have to accept that so I, I I can't help but think that the other shoe is about to drop on Pollard and when it does, uh, we are not going to like it.
1: We're not I tell you who wouldn't like it. Um, Our magazine, where he's on the cover, but we kind of plan for that contingency because I think, I think no matter what, he's he's the one A. There's going to be a one B, and it's a question of like how involved the one B is. He was already flirting with one A status last year, though Tony Mm -hmm. Pollard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like anyone's drafting Tony Pollard expecting 280 carries or whatever. You're expecting Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, which Mm -hmm. you came really close to getting last year. And I would just urge people not to overreact. Dalvin Cook would be a very bad outcome. That would be bad. Dalvin Cook would be like that. Would be poor. Anything short of Dalvin, even Leonard Fournette signing with the Cowboys, I wouldn't really be blinking, and I just wouldn't be too worried about it.
2: Well, our our backup is is, is actually to put Young Hui Ku on the cover of the uh, of the magazine. If I if I heard
1: correctly, you were I was muted trying to <laughs> quickly check another fact and just had to unmute to say you were, fired. Yeah. you were fired.
2: Yeah, I went out the way I, I went out the way I came in. You did. Yeah. Talking you're
1: way, yep, talking about kickers. <laughs> so very, very good time to end the show, I would say. The second a kicker comes up, we have to, which, by the way, if you didn't listen last Friday, Danny has been censored for his kicker views, and um, <laughs> he wrote away. for it. I wish I had uh you forgot the format for the kicker profiles, and to say you wrote. A lot. I um, wrote a
2: lot about uh, guys like oh, who's that new Green Bay kicker, Landers, Anders or whatever.
1: Uh, something um, very, very uh, Scandinavian. Yeah, Anders or, Carlson or something.
2: The the most Scandinavian guy this side of Daniel Carlson. and yeah, uh, I think
1: it's Anders Carlson or something. And, Anders.
2: You know, I had like eight, eight tabs opened on that dude at one point, just grinding these profiles. And then Pat calls me and goes, uh, "You wrote way too much." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um will, will the wife come back after she finds out? find out they were edited down to normal kicker profile length? She, the wife me. left when you wrote uh, these excessively long kicker profiles.
2: I have to cho- I'm desperately trying uh to not make this public so we can just keep this between us and my wife.
1: Okay well, there you go. That's fine. That's a good way to end the show. She'll come back um, yeah. oh, especially sure. when once she sees how beautiful those kicker paragraphs are. Um, so for Denny Carter I'm Patrick Darty. thank you so much for listening we'll be back later this week on Thursday
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well